in attendance today. So when I say your name, please stand up and be recognized. Ron Blumkin, class of 1966. Cindy Hatzel, class of 1966. Catherine Bixby Moore, class of 1962. And then we have a couple inductees that, um, people that are here um, for their inductees. So representing his mother, uh, Marlene Chesto Bernstein, is uh, class of 1950, is Robert Bernstein, class of 1960. And representing her aunt, Ann Axtell Morris, class of 1918, is Robin Larson. In addition, um, other Hall of Fame members attending today's luncheon include Rusty Frostman, class of 1966. Wave, Rusty. There we go. All right. You can stand, but if you don't want to, you can wave. Uh, Peggy Jorgensen, class of 1961. Steve Morant, class of 1969. Marilyn Miller, class of 1966. Merle Rambo, class of 1969. And Pat Salerno, class of 1958. Is there any other Hall of Fame inductees that I missed on my list? I always want to double check that someone didn't sneak in. Um, Now's your chance. <laughs> Dr. Chris. Good afternoon. Uh, I am Pete Bixby and I have the distinct honor and pleasure to introduce Central's 20th principal, Dion Percy. Before I do that, I want to make sure I say some thank yous to what I consider to be the most important people in this room right now, and that is some of the young people who had a part. Um, I want to thank, because I didn't do this last night, the JROTC cadets for all they did last night as well as today. Would you guys stand up and get some more? Dion knows this. These guys really and girls take a lot of time out of their schedule to make because Central does a ton of events and they do it so well, so professionally. They look so good. I also want to recognize that way over here in the corner, Again, the ambassadors last night who were here with the Hall of Fame, they also walked some of the uh, uh, inductees around Central High School. So will you guys stand up and just kind of shake your hands and let everybody know just how beautiful you are. Thank you. 
So, with that said, guys, gals, Eagle Current students, the important thing for me is you recognize what's going on around you. Because as Ms. Roberts mentioned, it's our past that builds our present, that prepares us for our future. You are our past and our, you are our present and our future, and someday you will be the past and you will be responsible for the ongoing success of this 163-year-old institution. So the charge is yours. Remember, remember, remember. If we give back more than we take, ABC. All right, with that said, I have the distinct opportunity to introduce to you, and we're gonna do this in a very conversational style because Ms. Kirksey and I both just agreed that that's how we would go about this. Now, Deanna and I have a relationship that goes back a long way. And the most important part of this relationship is tied to the best decision I ever made. And I've made some really good ones in my life and I've made some really, really bad ones. But the one decision, and I should probably paraphrase it, but step back and say I married my wife. That was important. <laughs> but I have three daughters, all of them who attended and graduated from Central High School, one who is currently a teacher there. And as a father, uh, as an educator who was involved in a lot of different schools as well as Central, I wasn't always there. But I had a good friend, I had a companion that was able to kind of make sure I understood that there were some responsibilities that I had. And I'll give an example of one of those stories. My oldest, Casey, a 2005 grad, um, good academician, good athlete, I got a call from Dion. She goes, are you coming to the homecoming ceremony? Now, Casey, I knew, had been nominated for a queen. I said, no, I'm not coming. Why would I come? She's not going to be the homecoming queen. And Dion's response to me was, no, you need to come. Why do I need to come? It's at Norris. We're not even at Central. We're still under construction. No you need to come. Without telling me, she basically told me, if you're gonna be a good father, you show up. She has done that for my other two daughters as well. So she is a person I respect, a person that I know is going to be very important to the future of Central High School in regards to not only maintaining its academic integrity, its success, but also moving us into the next millennium. So, we're gonna start by having her tell you a little bit about herself, and I'm gonna ask Ms. Kirsty, you talk a little bit about your background, your education, your family. I know you're not an Eagle grad, but I'm a Southeast guy, so it's okay, you can tell them that. I'll give you a little bit about my background. I am originally from a place called Coffeeville, Kansas. I moved here at the age of nine. I went to Wakanda, uh, Nathan Hale in Northwest. Uh, due to the DSEC plan, I could not go to Central, so I went to Northwest. Um, I have a brother, um, he is a, well, he's a Burt grad. Um, I do have a nephew who will be a 2022 grad and I had a godson who was a 2020 grad. When it comes to my education, um, after I graduated from Northwest, I wasn't for sure where I wanted to go to school, so I went to Coffeeville Community College because that was familiar to me because my grandparents were there. That's where I got all my college life out of me. And so by the time I went to Emporia State, I settled down. I wanted to come back to Omaha to teach. And so um, it was, um, 
forget who it was, but there was somebody at the TAC building that allowed me to come back here. I student taught at South in the afternoons, and I was at ISC in the mornings. And then um, I got hired at King Science Center in 1990. I was there for about eight years. Then I uh, worked at the TAC building in a couple of positions. I was student community service specialist, and that's where I dealt with all types of problems. And I would have to go to the um, high school, have to go to the middle school, have to go to the elementary school, and make sure I was a liaison so everybody could get along. Um, and, and that's what I do half my day now. And then also, too, um, after that I came to Dr. Um, Thompson was very um, beneficial in picking me to come to Central High School. So I came to Central High School in the year of 2020. Uh, no, tw 2000, 2001, and I've been there ever since then. Along the way, when I was, uh, when I first got to Central, the first couple of years I was in culture shock, and so I decided to go back to school, and I got a counseling degree from um, Creighton University, and Dr. Muskin, she's here, she was very instrumental in me framing my thoughts as far as how I deal with people, how I look at life. Let's give it up for Dr. Muskin. Thank you, Dr. Muskin. <laughs> So you've been at Central High School for 20 years now, mm -hmm. and I know mm -hmm. as one of your, and so we talk about husbands with Neon. She has had five male principals, each one being a husband, and unfortunately none of them stayed with her. She is kind of the consistent. She made sure we were very successful. You played a lot of roles at Central for each of us. Mm -hmm. Some very consistent, but some mm -hmm. kind of unique. Can you talk a little bit about what you were doing over prior to the job you have right now? What I was prior to the principal is I was the assistant principal over activities. Um, and then also too, I was kind of like, um, my principal's eyes when they could not see. <laughs> uh, I was their ears when they could not hear. Um, and so what I do a lot of times is um, I'll see things that nobody else sees or I hear something and then I'll be like, we gotta be careful because this is potentially going to happen. Um, because of my upbringing and because of who I am, I have to always prepare for my successes, but I also have to be aware that there may be a failure. Um, I also have to be prepared for a win or a loss. So a lot of times uh, when I was working with the five principals that I had, I was the one to see something totally, totally different than everybody else was. My job was to get them to see what I saw or to listen to me, or I would have to sometimes um, plan when I was gonna tell them something and say, we just don't want this to happen or to be true. Um, the other role that I played as assistant principal of activities, I am the heart and soul of, of the school building. So academics are very important, sports are very important, but people come back to high school because of their experiences. And so that was my job was to plan the experiences so they could remember. So an example, I get very, very excited about homecoming. Nobody else does, but I do. I get very, very excited about prom. The most important thing I get excited about is graduation because that's just the culmination of everybody's schooling. Also get super super excited about any activity that young people are doing. So that's from um, a musical, that's from a play, um, that's from an instrumental um, program, that's from a vocal music program. So I'm the one that was making sure all that stuff is happening. I also was the one that was making sure that once people are hired or when people need stuff, to make sure I'm the one that is making sure we have funds secured, 
making sure we have people in places so young people can have those experiences. So knowing that you also did some activities, I just gotta tell you this, there was one year we didn't have a cheerleader sponsor. And I'm not into cheerleading, but Dion stepped to the plate and said, I'm gonna be the cheerleader sponsor. And the amazing thing was she took a group of girls and I think, mm -hmm. what did they end up winning? They brought a ton of spirit sticks. Yeah, we brought I'll tell you what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, so there's certain activities that are challenging. That's the word I'm gonna use. Um, they're very challenging. So we didn't have a cheerleading sponsor, so I decided to be the cheerleading sponsor and we went to camp in Lincoln. That means I went to Lincoln. I slept in a, a dorm room. I hadn't slept in a dorm room in 20 years in a single bed. I did the whole thing because I was a part of that team. And so we came back, we must've got like 15 blue ribbons. That's like a big deal in cheerleading. We also got the banana a couple of times. Um, I also at one time I had to be senior class um, sponsor as well. I don't know what happened. Somebody quit. The kids needed somebody. So I was running around. Uh, I did my first, um, Hey back ride, and I'm like, what have I got myself into? <laughs> um, but then again, since to me, as an educator, it's not about me, it's about young people. And so since it's about young people, that means sometimes I have to dig deep, get my face right, um, get my head right, and I just have to do what I need to do. And so um, how I lead is I lead by an example. So sometimes I'm not gonna ask anybody to do what I'm not willing to do. So sometimes I have to, do what I have to do, go home, lay down, and then prepare for the next day. Because it's not about me at that time. Now, I was very fortunate to have her for as one of her husbands. <laughs> um, so, your role, talk about the principles that you worked for, for just a second. Who all did you work for, just as a kind of a memory? Um, Gary Thompson, so Gary Thompson hired me. Um, uh, Gary Thompson, he was very, very um, detailed. So I get my detail from him. I also worked for Jerry Bexton. He was like cool and calm, never got worked up about anything. Um, Greg Immel, he was another one that was cool and calm. And then I worked for Keith Bigsby. <laughs> and let me tell you about him. Um, he thinks, and so he would tell me, he would come and he said, I have this idea, and I'd be like, uh-oh. And he said, tell me if it's not going to work. And sometimes I would tell him, I need you to hold on with your ideas because I need to process the last idea that you have. So he taught me also to dream. Um, and so sometimes I'll come in now and I'll just have an idea. I won't have a plan, but I'll have an idea. I'll call it I have a feeling. So when, at work, when, that, when I say I have a feeling, they'll be like, uh-oh, that means Kirksey's coming up with something, which is the truth. Um, and then I worked for um, Ed Bennett, and he was also very detailed. He also was very uh, deliberate and intentional with what he, he did. Um, and so from all of those um, people that I worked for, I got something from each and one of them, each, and, uh, each, each of them. Uh, but the biggest thing that I got from them is when you're in this chair is you have to be bold and you have to be willing to stand alone regardless of what's going on. Because like I tell, uh, I tell the kids and I also tell my staff, the successes that we celebrate, but any failure that we have is on me. So we need to make sure that I know what's going on so we can figure out what we need to do. Um, so the biggest thing, like I said, I learned from them is being bold. And when you're sitting in that chair, it's not really lonely, uh, but what it is, is um, I have to be willing to stand alone. I have to be willing to trust 
that it's going to be okay. I have to be willing to um, stand flat-footed and make decisions that'll be best um, for the school. Very nice. So let's talk a little bit about where Central is today, because mm -hmm. you have seen it more, a great deal, not only in a educational capacity, but as a physical plant and the support of the foundation. There's been a lot that has changed in the last 20 years. And maybe you can talk a little bit about some of the changes you've seen over those 20 years, mm -hmm. as well as kind of where you think Central is and maybe where we need to be going. And you and I were having an interesting conversation in regards to why some of those things have come about. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can expand on that and I might jump in on you. Where Central is right now and where urban education is right now is we are responding to things that we did not create. So an example, poverty has always existed but now poverty has come into um, the educational setting and we have to not only educate, we also have to deal with some of the social ills. Um, the biggest thing right now that we're dealing with when it comes to kids right now is we have to get them readjusted to being in person um, with people. And so an example, I'm a talker, so this is the reason why um, Keith and I came up with this format. I believe um, if somebody emails me and if you give me two good paragraphs, I'm picking up the phone and I'm calling. That's just how I do it. Um, because I believe we, um, this is a profession where you still have to be in contact with people. So even though technology has infused its way into the classroom, um, we have done a good job in the last couple of years of infusing technology and using it, but this is still a people business. So you can have a computer, you can have an iPad, but how you make connections and how we get better is that we have some type of, uh, some type of connection. So that's our biggest thing right now is trying to figure out how to connect to people, but then also too, as we move forward, we have to figure out how to be relevant and how we're going to educate. There's some basics, so there is English, there is math, there's science, there's social studies, but we have to figure out how to educate children with how they are entertained. The sad thing about <coughs> education now, and even when you see society, it's about entertainment, it's about likes, it's about, what's the other stuff that you, the children that you all do? Um, so it's TikTok, that's been driving me crazy just for a little bit. Um, there's Instagram <laughs> likes, there's, um, Facebook is not even existing yeah, that's in that for world that's yeah, gone. We don't do Facebook. And so we just have to figure out how to be relevant with um, educating young people. So an example, I was watching TV the other day and um, somebody was able to write a script. They were able to film, I guess their movie or their play. They put it on TikTok and now they're famous. Well, what the heck? Um, some of I us can have, do that. <laughs> so I'm just saying some of us, when it comes to embracing technology, we have to get better of how we're going to embrace technology, how we're also going to keep education relevant to keep them engaged, and then also to make sure that they have the basics. So in five years, what I do see Central, we're going to have the basic stuff, and we're still going to have that. We're going to have the rigor, but we just have to figure out and I'm not saying we have to entertain learners, but we have to figure out how to engage them in a different way where um, it's also intriguing for them to engage in the process. It's also intriguing for them to, to buy into what education is. Our biggest fight right now is they'll say, okay, what is this doing for me? I don't see how important math is. I don't see how important science is. And I'm like, it is important. 
It takes me a while to come up. I have to meet them where they are, and it takes me a while to give them an explanation. But now it's about, now in some ways we have to sell education to young people. At one time, it was expected that you graduated from high school. It was expected that an education, at least a high school education, was your baseline. But now it's hard to get young people to understand it's a process. Um, that's the other problem that we have since, um, um, since everything is so instant, since you can buy stuff online, sometimes people don't go to the grocery store. Now kids are looking for, or young people are looking for this quick fix. So the process is I have to re-engage people back into the educational process so they'll understand the process it will get you where you want to go later on. And I, and I don't disagree with any of it. And you know, the, the challenge that she faces, and so this is not going away. Unfortunately, as an educator that Dion is, and as what I consider to be a current still educator, is that we have devalued this profession. At the same time, we are re demanding more of it. You don't hear people highlighting the idea that this is a teacher when the TikTok challenges slap a teacher day. That's a little concerning, and it speaks to a society that doesn't understand the role of education and the importance it is has on the democracy. That if we forget, and if you go back to why public education was established, it was truly about the development of a citizen. It had not much to do with careers, and it didn't have much to do with going to college. It was a common process that we could all say we had a baseline. And that becomes the challenge because there is an opportunity gap that we talk about. That when a lot of us went to high school, there was Benson, there was South, there was North. That was it. And then here comes Brian and Burke and Northwest. And now there's Gretna and there's Elkhorn. And we see this change of our community, which also impacts how we educate. And that's unfortunate. Because I go back to, and I'm gonna, I'll get a little political here. In 2005, we talked about one city, one school, and there were a lot of people who were for it, and a lot of people were against it. But what was predicted, which was a complete potential resegregation of the city in some ways, is occurring, and it's unfortunate because as Dion is a product of the the segregation of the desegregate, as a Lincoln native. I couldn't believe that you could be disengaged as a community and making sure that all people went together. Mm -hmm. And I watched this happen, and that's really a challenge for Central High School. Because guess what we're going to do now? We're opening two new high schools, which will change Central. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, we're seeing other districts begin to make their move to build other. And we see this base of our community becoming dissolved and without a common focus which public education should bring us all together. There's my tirade for a moment. So Ms. Kirksey, talk to me about these two new high schools. What challenges does it bring and how important are our alumni gonna be in this process? Right it's now, off script, I know. Right now what they've done is they have sent information to all the young people that will be impacted um, to go to the new high schools. And so this is kind of funny. I talked to a mother the other day and she knows she's losing high school, and she said, who do I talk to about losing um, Central High School and transportation? As an option. As an option. And I said, you can stay at Central, you won't have transportation. She said, well, you know I'm not moving. And so she's just gonna find a way to get her young person um, at Central, so she'll just probably have to drive her. And I think the biggest thing is a lot of times we go to new 
because of what we think it is. And so um, the high school that's um, gonna be West, I can't even think of the name. So Westview. Westview, thank you. That's how much I think about them, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, and so I think people are gonna go there initially because it's new, because a lot of times you, you gravitate to what's new, you gravitate to what you think it is. Um, and then the other high school, I do know that name, that's called, called Buena Vista. And so their expectation will be different from ours because um, the one that's Westview, um, they have to deal with what their community demands and what their community expects. Um, so they have to establish themselves. Central's already established. So I don't have to do anything but just still be what Central is. And so we may lose a few for a minute, but trust and believe they'll try to get back in there or they'll try to get back. And so I don't have anything to prove those new high schools have something to prove. They also have to establish their culture. They also have to establish their traditions. I already have that. So I'm not concerned about those high schools opening. What I will tell you, since Omaha has grown, the metro area right now, and I did ask my dad administrator, right now we have 2,780 young people. And so when we opened up in this August, I could feel that there were 2,780 <laughs> young people. And um, because we hadn't been together, uh, with that many kids since September of 2019. So that was very odd, but once we got used to it, I was okay. So back to those new high schools, I'm not concerned about that because I already have stuff that's already established. And I agree 100% with you. And mm -hmm. my conversation with people is exactly that. It's mm -hmm. gonna be new, it's gonna be exciting, and I look at it and say, but there's no history. Mm -hmm. And half of a high school is the history that you can rely on. And I could ask the kids, you guys all know who we are. These guys know who we are, and they know who you are because they have followed in the footsteps of all of you who are Central grads. That our past has really built our present, mm -hmm. and that past is going to be critical as we move forward in the present. Again, I go back to downtown high school. Here's our neighborhoods. Think about the first neighborhoods to Central. We are truly a downtown high school. And as I've told other people, they don't exist in this country. Mm -hmm. They're condominiums. Could you use the microphone? Yeah. Those, those high schools that were great downtown high schools, and I can go to Jamaica High, I can go to the Alpha Chapter of the uh, National Honor Society, I believe that's uh, 3rd Avenue High School, or is it 5th Avenue High School in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania? Well, that school closed, it's now condominiums. Condominiums, yep, yep, the Alpha Chapter. Downtown high schools don't exist. And part of it is they have not kept their people connected. Made sure that that school made the expectations that Dion understands and, and provides. And so I don't worry about those high schools, but I do worry that as we go through this process and they get their attention, our alumni begin to think something less of Central. It's not gonna happen. She's gonna make sure that happens. She is the right person and I wanna emphasize that big time. Ms. Kirksey, I'm going to give you last word, okay? Anything you want to add to that? So I've, I've, I've given two sermons here. <laughs> it's kind of like I end up. Um... Best story. Give me the oh, best the story. Who, who give me your best two. story. I'm 20 years. I'm going to give you two. Okay. I'm give you about two. Um, the best story, that, there was two. So we celebrated um, our 100th road show. So then again, I had a feeling and I had an idea that I wanted us to be on Good Morning America. Um, yep, and so what I did is I kept calling the district communication person. He was no help to me. 
And so I kept calling, calling, calling. Um, I had people trying to help me. So in, anyway, what happened is we ended up on a Japanese, um, I think we had a Japanese station there. And then we ended up, um, CNBC was there. And so that was part of me kind of dreaming big. Another thing that happened is um, seniors like to do a joke. So I always say, don't do a joke and make me pull graduation from you because you know, graduation is very important to your parents. So one year what the kids did is all year we figured out they had been taking, not stealing, the word I'm doing is taking. They were taking um, for sale signs from various people that sell homes. And so we got to school let's say their last day was Tuesday, we got to school and there were all these for sale signs in the front yard of Central High School. And I, it must have been like a hundred signs that they had stolen and I'm like, oh my, but that was pretty good. Um, but I tell you another story, what is always very exciting for me is anytime the kids are doing something. And so that's from graduation. Um, this year we were able to have a homecoming and so I tell you, we squashed about 1,100 kids into that courtyard. Uh, 1,100, notice I said 1,100. Um, but they had a good time. And the reason why I push for them to have those activities, the reason why I do stuff is because it's not about me. I graduated from high school, I'd say two billion years ago, but it was just in 1985. And my experience was good because I had a group of teachers and I had a group of people that believed in me and they sacrificed what they thought they wanted to do for me. And so that's what I continue to do for young people, and that's what I'm currently pushing my staff to do. Are we, are you coming back up here? Nope. So the, the warning bell is sounding, is that right? Yes. Well, we got a question. We have an industrial arts program at Central. No, sir. So are people who are interested in the industrial arts go to the Career Center at this point? Yes. Um, Central was the original high school and it did have an industrial arts program back in the 20s. And then Commerce High, which ultimately became Tech High, was the Central offshoot. And so Historically, since Commerce High got built or Tech High got built, Central's portion of the business was the academic end of the situation. So we have not seen that, but there are the academies and pathways that will be coming. But they won't be truly industrial tech. Well, it's an honor and it's a privilege to be Central High School's 20th principal. Thank you for coming.